Welcome to Double Fries No Slaw. It is Thursday evening. It's a preview episode as we do every Thursday. Florida State takes on Wake Forest this weekend, and we have Les Johns on to break it all down for us. Myself, TJ Pittenger, Richie Barnes, and then Les Johns of the Demon Deacon Digest. Les, how are you doing this evening? Doing fantastic, TJ. Thanks for having me. Absolutely, absolutely appreciate your time, and we'll try not to we'll try to be mindful. We'll try to keep you too long, but we do appreciate you coming on and, and hanging out. So, first up, I got to ask you. We talked about this a little bit off air, but uh, double fries, no slaw. Obviously, the, the Tallahassee folks, the FSU folks, know that that's an ode to Guthrie's, um, the two a.m. chicken tender place there in Tallahassee. But uh, if somebody's coming to Winston Salem, where are they? Where are you telling them to go eat? Whether it's by campus, off campus, wherever. Like, where are you telling them to go? You know, close to campus. At? I'm telling them to go to Putters. That's the main place close to campus. Uh, great chicken fingers, fries. It's just about everything. Kind of typical, standard like bar, college food. Uh, for breakfast, I would hit up Mama Zoe's. Uh, I think it's always been clutch to me. Um, and I'm trying to think. And there's a there's a couple. Camel City Barbecue is probably the best barbecue place in town. Now that my former favorite Bibbs uh, closed because of the pandemic, basically. So oh. uh, pour one out for Bibbs Barbecue that was kind of uh, a local favorite. Uh, his, uh, his time is gone, and I miss it greatly. Um, we've all, I think we've all had restaurants, establishments, and stuff like close down their pandemic, and you're just like, oh, that was my favorite, you know. But yeah. Some, Guthrie's is still going strong, though. So the next time you're in Tallahassee, go by. Tell them we sent you. They'll get, we'll put a gut box on our our tab, and uh, you can go get one. Just don't order coleslaw with it. We're I know coleslaw is big in your part of the country with barbecue and stuff, but when you're getting fried chicken from a tender, tender place like or a, a fast food place, just skip on the uh, slaw. Um, okay. Man, we appreciate you for coming on and and hanging out with us tonight. We'll get into some quick thoughts. Um, first, where I really kind of want to start with uh, Florida State. You know, kind of impressed the nation by if you can impress the nation with losing. You know, of course, it, coming off of a, a three win season, impress the nation with uh, a, a great comeback, uh, a play away from from beating Notre Dame. Um, I think a lot of people thought, man, they, maybe they're on their way back. Maybe they're headed back. Just to kind of follow that up with very likely the worst loss in, in program history, losing to their first FCS opponent um, in kind of an inexplicable way too. you know, like uh, uh, a long pass that didn't even get to the end zone, uh, just a blown coverage and missed tackles. And um, anyway, what is the outside perspective uh, on Florida state uh, just from, from your point of view, how you kind of see it, how you think people in your part of the you know, college football hemisphere, see things and, and view FSU right now? Well, TJ, I mean, since it's the first ACC game of the season for Wake Forest, obviously Florida State was someone that Wake Forest fans were paying attention to, right? You know, Wake Forest believes they're going to have a good season this year and that they're going to put go from good to great. And, you know, after being in five straight bowl games, they want to make that jump to kind of join the upper echelon of the conference. Well, to do that, you got to beat teams right now like Florida State, NC State, uh, and Boston College. you got to beat teams in your division. And Florida State's the first one on tap, right? So Wake Forest fans were watching what Florida State were, were, was doing these first couple weeks. And I think after week one, the, the performance against Notre Dame, uh, Wake Forest fans largely thought, oh, wow, we're, we're in deep in this one. It looks like the Noles are back. And um, then week two came, and just like you guys, you know, uh, had the dismay about it, Wake fans probably had a, a little bit of glee about the struggle that you guys had with uh, Jacksonville State, and uh, you know, not necessarily wanted them to lose because you don't want you don't want that team to come in with their back against the wall, so to speak. Sure. But you know, saw a lot of flaws in what they saw out of the Seminoles, you know, on Saturday, and figured, well, this is a team Wake can compete with, and and probably win, which was just exactly opposite of what they felt seven days earlier. So it's been, I, I think the feelings are kind of the same uh, between Wake Forest fans and Florida state fans, except for obviously Florida state fans are much more passionate about their, their, their thoughts on the, on the program. But I think everybody really thought the Florida state was going to be formidable this season, just, you know, 10 days ago. And that just all got kind of blown up in, in, you know, 60 minutes of time. So Les, I was going to talk to you 
to you about that or, or ask you about that. And you kind of answered it, but just to expand on it a little bit, I, I'm putting myself in the shoes of a Wake Forest fan and I'm watching last week. Part of me is really hoping Florida State wins that game because, like you said, you don't want this team coming off of, like TJ said, the worst loss in program history. Pissed off. Mike Norvell, probably the most important game of his coaching career. If Florida State had snuck by with a win, I feel like as a Wake Forest fan, I'd feel a little better. Does that sound accurate from you or your followers who are in that Wake Forest community? I asked some of the players that this week, and they didn't buy into that assertion, but I, I, that's how I view it, you know. If I had my druthers from a Wake Forest perspective, I would have rather Wake For I would have rather Florida State got tested, and that some flaws show up on tape, but that they come away with the win somehow to where they weren't quite as focused for Wake Forest. You know what I'm saying? So I mean, I think Wake is going to get Florida State's best shot. You know, whether that's good or not, or not, we'll find out. You know, Saturday afternoon at three thirty. But I, I have no doubt that uh, Norvell and his team will will give their best uh, performance of the season so far. Yeah, and it's tough to extrapolate a whole lot of information from Wake Forest's first two games with Old Dominion and and Norfolk State. Um, But I I guess uh, knowing that, do you feel any better, worse, or completely indifferent preseason, how you felt about Wake Forest and after these first two games, which, again, we can't take a lot from, can we? You can't take a lot from it, but, but here's what I would say. We're really lucky as people who cover Wake Forest athletics. There's only a handful of us. But Coach Dave Clawson gives us full access to, to fall camp. So we got to see every minute of every practice up until like game prep week. You know, once they started legitimate game prep for the opener, then we were we were kicked out. So those, fat, so those last like seven or eight practices, we weren't there, right? But for three, three or four weeks, we saw everything. And I saw a team that I thought was really good. I thought, I, but I really believe this is the best Wake Forest team in the Dave Clawson era, and he's been coach here since 2014. Now, the, the, the issue with that is how that extrapolates out over the rest of the league, because the rest of the league theoretically could be better as well, right? You know, Wake Forest isn't the only team that has nine super seniors coming back. Wake Forest isn't the only team with more depth than ever before. So just because Dave Clawson has his best team, doesn't necessarily mean they're going to run out and get nine or ten wins. It means that possibility is out there, but it's not a foregone conclusion. Absolutely. And obviously uh, someone from the Wake Forest, the Black and Gold, who's very familiar with Florida State, is starting quarterback this weekend, Sam Hartman. Actually played against Florida State. While he did not directly get Willie Taggart fired, that certainly was the uh, first domino once they lost to Miami to point back to that game. But Sam Hartman out of the Charlotte area. I had a nephew who played high school football at uh, Charlotte Christian for the past few years. Um, he, Hartman's a very decorated player in that area. Um, what is the confidence level of him? Because, you know, obviously stellar numbers the first two weeks against inferior opponents, but he's also a experienced, proven quarterback, right? And he's not going to hurt his team. He's, he's going to do the bare minimum and exceed, but he's not going to throw a bad interception or take a strip sack. He's just that player. He's going to be on top of things. Where's Wake's Forest thoughts on Hartman heading into this game against this Florida State defense that seems to be improved, but still clearly has some uh, brain farts to say the least. Yeah, no doubt. Um, I think you, you hit upon a few things with Sam Hartman and as far as he is a really good game manager, But I think that Wake really will want to take opportunities in this game to stretch the field when they can. It would not surprise me to see them throw some deep balls early and try to get some of those uh, outside receivers active. I think that's probably an area of opportunity against the Florida State secondary. I could be wrong, but that's kind of what I kind of saw on tape. Uh, And if those deep routes aren't open early, then there's always Ja'Cory Roberson out of the slot returning as one of the top receivers not only in the ACC, but in the entire country. So um, that connection's still there. Uh, Ja'Cory's worked really hard in the offseason to try to one-up himself, um, and he's really motivated to have another standout season. He believes that he's on the, you know, a year away from having a really good draft stock, so he really wants to put together another really good year. Um, Hartman um, has a Wake Forest record for most consecutive pass attempts without an interception, but then – Against Wisconsin in the Duke Mayo's Bowl, he threw the ball away four times in a 22-snap period. So when it goes bad, 
it can go really bad. But that's only happened once. So what's really helped Hartman was he started as a freshman, right? Got injured at the back end of that season, got injured in the ninth game of the season against Syracuse. Jamie Newman took over. And then Jamie Newman ran the offense the, the following year. And Hartman kind of watched from the bench and learned a lot. And then, of course, last year was last year was just what it was. It was a mess everywhere. So um, he had a good year, but it could have been better. Um, looking at the other side of the ball, um, McKenzie Milton listed this as the starter. We all kind of saw, um, you know, very small sample size, but magical performance from him uh, late in the Notre Dame game. And then, you know, last week, not as successful. Um, expect Milton to start, um, you know, Travis uh, was out of practice one day, but then was back into practice the rest of the week. So we expect him to be kind of good to go as well, but you know, never know kind of what that uh, percentage side would look like. Um, thoughts on Wake's defense. Um, are they susceptible at certain places is, you know, if obviously if Milton or Travis had a great game, I mean, you, you know, anybody has a great game, it's going to hurt the other side, but like, where are they more susceptible? Who could maybe give them more trouble? What what are your thoughts on how the quarterbacks are used at FSU and then how kind of Wake defends it? Strangely enough, from what I saw, I think there were some Wake Forest fans that probably breathed a sigh of relief when they saw Milton was a starter because they're really concerned about a more mobile quarterback. Even against Norfolk State, you know, the, the contain broke down a few times and their their quarterback was able to to get grind out a, a, a few first downs against the Wake Forest defense just by extending the pocket and breaking free. Um so there were some Wake Forest fans that were pretty happy to see Milton as a starter. Now, I don't necessarily feel that way because I saw Milton on target early in the game last week and just receivers drop balls. I mean, he had a, he had a touchdown drop early in the first, first quarter, right? It was just brutal. I mean, dude was wide open. I'm not sure who the receiver was, but Milton just nailed the guy in stride and it was dropped. Um, to me, Milton looks great. I think um, – I think Wake Forest has a really good experience secondary now. Uh, I think the defensive line is underrated. I think that um, with Carlos Boogie Basham have gone in the second round of the NFL draft, people believe there's going to be a drop-off at defensive end. But there's kind of like a double-headed monster there in Rondell Bothroyd and Jasheen Davis. And Jasheen Davis is a freak. He's just a nonstop monster. He's someone that's going to be in your backfield whether you want him there or not. Just keep – that name because he's a second year. I'm telling you, he's going to rack up some numbers. Um, and I'm, I'm sure he'll make himself known this week. He's someone we heard about all spring camp. And then when we were able to get to fall camp and watch him work, he was just phenomenal. So uh, I don't think there's going to be a drop off at defensive end, despite Boogie Basham going to the NFL. And because of that, I think there's just great depth there. They're going to be able to cycle guys in and out. I don't really believe the Knowles have depth on the offensive line. So Wake's going to bring fresh guys all the time, and there's going to be tired guys on the offensive line. I think that's a matchup that's going to work really well for Wake Forest. Um, we talked a little bit about the maybe the fan base's confidence um, after how it's kind of ridden on a roller coaster, right? Um, you know, I was kind of shocked at the line that came out for the Notre Dame game when Forest State was only a seven, seven and a half point favorite. And then after losing to Jacksonville State, I, I'm again a little bit surprised that the line is only five, five and a half for this game. Um, I've even seen it in some places like four and a half, five, right? So, um, are you know, are you surprised that that line is as close as it is on the road? I mean, they're basically saying that's a one, one and a half, two point spread on a neutral field, and not that Wake is a is a, a walkover location, but it's not you know maybe the most intimidating. It's not like you're going into the like, you know. Clemson or, you know, Gainesville. I don't want to upset any Wake fans that may check us out, but it's just not those places. Right. And so um, thoughts on the line being as close as it is, or is that, you know, we'll get into score predictions a little bit later, but I feel like that's low. Like I like Wake to cover that. We'll talk about score later, but thoughts around that. I mean, I see what you're saying. I think that, I think that the lines as, you know, as a rule are largely, determined by the betting public right in the end the line is determined by the betting public and the general betting public 
is seeing Florida State on one side of the ledger and Wake Forest on the other. And there's just a huge name ID and huge cachet difference between those two names in college football, despite where the Florida State program is right now. And I think that's what's carrying that line a little bit. Uh, I agree with you on if you look at the analytics. And, I mean, I thought Wake Forest was a better team before the season started. I still think Wake Forest is a better team. That doesn't mean they can't lose this game because they most assuredly can. But, yeah, I think they're a better team, and I think they're a better team by a little bit more than a touchdown. I mean, I could be very close, but, yeah, I think that's an extremely low spread for the way the season's played out for these two teams and the talent level and experience of the two teams. Yeah. I also, you know, like you said, there, there's the – I mean, Florida State, and this is not to sugarcoat a, a really bad 0-2 record, especially when one of those teams is an FCS school, but they're a field goal and a missed tackle away from being 2-0 as well, right? And if if it, it, even with the bodies of work in both games, if they kick a field goal and they – get another tackle in that game, Florida State's probably like a one-point dog here, or it's a pick em, right? Like, just because of that alone. Well, right? Florida State's 2-0 and if, if they had pulled off the upset against Notre Dame, right? Yeah. And then beating Jacksonville State, Florida State's probably a touchdown favorite, right? Sure. I mean, at least it's – yeah, it might be like three or four, but, yeah, they're they're probably a favorite. They're probably a favorite, favorite yeah. You know? Pick them at very worst. And, you know – you're you're kind of you lost two plays on the last play of the game. So um the, the flip side of that though, and I mean we all watched the game, right? But for sure. I mean the fact is that the game was won on sort of a fluky play, but they were in the game the entire way. You know, they, right. they, they played a fairly even football game for thirty, you know, fifty nine minutes and fifty four seconds with Florida State. So right. you can't take away from that 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 it wasn't a fluke that they were there. It was a fluke that they wanted at the end, obviously. Right. And beating, you know, beating FCS opponent by three points is, is not acceptable. You know, no. like it just shouldn't, shouldn't be the case. So um, somebody asked the question, thoughts on FSU secondary against Wake. You talked a little bit about the quarterback, about Hartman, um, you know, thoughts around him, you know, or our thoughts around him being able to kind of exploit that secondary, which at times has looked good against Notre Dame and at times, can't stop a 61-yard pass that uh, that beats you against FCS. Well, I will I will admit that I watched almost all of the Jacksonville State game and just a couple minutes of the Notre Dame game. Um, so I saw more poor secondary you know work than I saw good. Right. So I mean I really think Wake's going to air it out a lot. I think they're going to test that secondary deep. And um, so I mean we're going to find out early. I mean I think that Wake has four outside wide receivers that they feel really good about um, starting with A.T. Perry and Taylor Marin and then with, with the backups and Donald Stewart and Jamal Banks. And they're going to cycle those guys in and out and all four of them can make plays. And, you know, A.T. Perry, one of the starters, a six foot five, you know, big catch radius, nice target. He can go up and get the ball. I think Sam's going to air it out and give him a chance to make some plays. So my one prediction of that is we'll probably find out because I think those guys will be tested. Um, and, and you guys can probably tell me better than, than I could tell you how you think they're going to hold up to those tests because they're going to they're gonna be they're gonna be given a chance to make plays. Yeah, I mean, against Notre Dame, um, Florida State secondary, it really had less to do with their secondary and it had more to do with the D-line, right? If, 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 the, if, if Jermaine Johnson and those guys can get pressure um, and keep you guys in third and long, then I think that's more – if he's got time – it's not going to be good news. And that's probably the case with 98% of secondaries out there, right? Like sure. it's more about right. the front four than it is about the back four. And so, um, yeah, if Florida State's defensive line plays, I mean, Jermaine Johnson has been a monster, um, one of the best players in the ACC on the defensive line so far this year. Um, again, one of those against a fairly young, um, uh, fairly young, Notre Dame line and then also against the FCS line, but he's looks great, you know? And so if he and the rest of the line can kind of get pressure, then I mean, I think they will be right there and, and that will make the defensive secondary look better. Um, okay, cool. We told you about this before we got started. We have also talked about this with everybody on here. We are going to do our prize picks over under segment. We've got five picks this week, all from the prize picks app. 
of over-unders that are happening in this game, this Florida State versus Wake Forest game. So we brought in an expert to be able to talk about it. Download the Prize Picks app today. Use code NOSLAW, that's no spaces in it, for a 100% match up to $100 on your first deposit. Again, it's the Prize Picks app. Um, enter code NOSLAW, and you get a 100% deposit, a uh, 100% match up to $100. Harlan, get in here. You've made like $300. Um, you've won like $300 on this prize picks app. So we'll let you do the over-unders with us. Richie, I don't know if you're keeping count of the entire year of where we're at. Um, but Les, there's no pressure on you because you're not going to be back on here next week for us to recap uh, how people did. So you're you're relatively safe. So um, Richie, how did we do last week? Do you have last week's up or are we just rolling right into this week? Oh, we're just going to roll right into it. But I, I will say last week, and I got to shout out our producer Harlan here. Uh, he brought to my attention that they were running a promo. So with the prize picks, it's over-unders on uh, yards, receptions, touchdowns, things like that. And uh, last week they ran a promo. You have to pick at least two players from two different teams. So you could pick a golfer and an NFL quarterback on an over-under. Like, like it's so cool what the options we have. But last week, Harlan's like, hey, man, I got McKenzie Milton under 135 passing yards, and I got Patrick Holmes over 0.5 passing yards, a promo they ran. We both bet – me and Harlan both cashed in on that one. That was easy money. Uh, so I'm excited to do it this week. But with that said, let's get into our players. Uh, for the Florida State-Notre Dame, I, I got three Florida State guys – they're not Notre Dame, Wake Forest, three Florida State guys, uh, two Demon Deeks. We're going to start, guys, with McKenzie Milton. Prize picks has it at 162.5 passing yards. I think I'm going to go under here. Uh, let's go to our guest, Les, first. I'm going to take the over. All right. TJ, Harlan, what, what are y'all thinking? Yeah, I got over I mean, as well. I think, it, I think if it's the under, then it's it's probably a blowout. So yeah, I think I think it's over. I think that you know Wake Forest offense has looked good this year. Again, quality of opponent, but I don't know that we're much better than those other two teams. So uh, yeah, I think that uh, he's going to have to throw the ball quite a bit. You just get one long one, he he'll hit it. So yeah, I'll take over one sixty two and a half. Harlan, and plus Wake plays at a fast pace too. In case you guys don't remember, I mean yeah, they're going to go go yeah. go. There's liable to be 80 plays on each side. So don't don't tell Richie all that, bro. I don't want him to change his pick. <laughs> so being, being the pro that I am at this app, I know that the college numbers release on Wednesday, and I got McKenzie at 149.5 already put in. So I'm gonna go over as well. Um, that's in one of my bets right now. So I'm gonna go over. <laughs> all right. So I'm the only one on the under there. Uh, let's go to the other side of the field. We talked about him a good bit, Sam Hartman. He's at 256.5. Uh, Harlan, kick us off here. I'm going to go under there. I'm going to pray for our defense. It's my wedding day, so they better they better prove me right. But I'm not putting any money on them. All right, TJ. Um, I need a minute. I got to do some research on this. I will um, go less first. Yeah, let's go ahead. It's, it's weird because given my over or unders, you would think that my pick would be Florida State winning. But Wake Forest does have an extremely balanced offense. So even if they get four or 500 yards total in the game, it's going to be split out fairly even. So I'm going to go under on this one and still say that Wake's going to be successful, but it's just not going to be like a 300-yard passing game for Sam. All right, so TJ, what, what do you say? Yeah, I'll go over here. Florida State's defense against the run has improved, I think, this year with that defensive line. Um, you know, having a linebacker out due to a targeting, which is the dumbest rule in college football. Uh, Kalen Deloach out for the first half of the game could hurt a little bit, but I like the over. I mean, they Jack Cohn threw for 360. They only, you know, the, Williams, they were in for 42. I like Florida State's run defense. Um but I think we're going to put them in a lot of third and longs, and they're going to convert a lot of them with their passing attack. So give me the over. All right. Let's go to Jay Sean Corbin. The, uh, one of the few bright spots of the Florida State offense, I think him and Jermaine Johnson, the two best players on Florida State's entire roster through two games, 85 85.5 uh, rushing yards. I'm taking the over. I, I, I see him going for uh, three figures here. I don't know how good the offense is going to be, but I think Jayshon Corbin and Mike Norvell is going to commit to the run, and he knows Corbin's his best running back by far, so I got to go with him. Uh, let's go to Les first on this one. 
wasn't there an issue with him not getting enough carries late in the game against Jacksonville State? Absolutely. Isn't that kind of like one of the controversies I heard? So he only had 15 carries in the game, over 100 yards. And in the fourth quarter, when we needed him the most, we went with Lawrence Sofili, a COVID freshman. I guess that's what we call him now, not redshirt, a COVID freshman, uh, who, who is a home run threat, but not the back you want when you're trying to grind out a game and close it out. Uh, I, we said this on the last pod, Les. Uh, I, I blame the players like 2% and the coaching like 98% for Jacksonville State. I do not think Mike Norvell – they, they thought they had a layup with Jacksonville State and wanted to get ready for Wake Forest. Huge mistake on his part, and it, we'll see what the long-term ramifications are. But, yeah, it's uh, Corbin should have been getting those carries that totally got, and that's part of the reason I want Corbin over this week because I think Norvell's going to say, let's give this guy the ball 25 times. I'm going to go under. Oh, after I just sold you on the over. I know, I know. I, I listened okay. to every word you said, Richie. All right, all right, TJ Harlan, what are we at? Man, I think Corbin's been great this year. And if he, if Florida State um, is in this game for the majority of the game, then I think he goes over um, because they're able to run a balanced offense. They're able to continue to run the ball well, like they did against a, a good Notre Dame front seven. Um, but I don't think they're in this game late. And so. I think they're going to have to pass more. So I like him to go just under. I do think there's a great chance. I mean, this is, you know, I don't know. This is one where he's either going to have 40 yards or 120, you know. It's going to come and, down and to it, the game script, right? Yeah. I mean, so if, I if, mean, he gets, I mean, if he gets the carries. He gets David one carry, right? That's the thing, right? Like, does he break <laughs> another big one? I think his long against um, Jacksonville State was 25, 27, something like that. So if he breaks a 20, if he breaks a 20 plus yarder, I mean, I think he'll get there. So, um, it's just I don't know that I think FSU is in this super late. I don't know how much they can commit to the run. But if they do, he'll go over. Because, like you said, they, they won't make the mistake again where they give someone else his carries. Harlan? So you're taking the under saying Florida State gets blown out. I, I don't know that or I said it was a blowout, 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 but I think blowout. that they'll have to pass more than they'll be able to run. All right, Harlan, where are we at, man? I don't think there's any way – on this earth that you don't feed Corbin in this game. This is the biggest game in Mike Norvell's career. This is, I mean, a huge pivot point. And the dude's run for over 100 yards in the previous two games. So if he doesn't feed him and I lose the bet, fine. But I think there's no way you can't feed him, especially with Milton at quarterback. And it's not Travis. There's no way. I'm going over. Yeah. yeah. So I do think they'll feed him early. But it's it, can that be effective enough to keep you in the game? And if it can't, then they're going to have to throw. So, I mean, we'll yeah. see. Let's flip it back to uh, Les here and go to Christian Beale Smith, 74 and a half yards. Uh, really good running back. Um, Florida State's defense line has been solid, but what, what are you thinking, Les, on, on seven, what did I say, 76 and a half, 74 and a half? 74 and a half. Yeah, I'm 74 gonna, and a half yards. I'm going to surprise you guys and go under. And the reason I'm going to go under is because Wake utilizes like a three person split at running back. Whereas Beal Smith is a really good back and he is talented and he, he's got game breaking speed. There's like a trio of guys they're using right now. There's Christian Turner, the 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 transfer from Michigan, and then there's Justice Ellison who who played really well down the stretch last season after Kenneth Walker opted out. So I think those reps will get split three ways. If one of them gets hot, Clawson sticks with them. You know, it could be Beal Smith that gets hot, it could be Ellison, it could be Turner. So if I had to bet, I'm going to say under. All right, T.J. Harlan, where are we at, man? I like the under here. He's not run for that many yards yet. So last game he ran for 74 um, against an old Dominion defensive line that I know nothing about. Um, and he ran for 60 against Norfolk State, which I also know nothing about. But I will take Florida State's defensive line to be better than uh, than either of those two. Again, one of the bright spots on Florida State's team has been the way that defensive line has played. So um, – since he hasn't run for that many yet, I'll take the under. Yeah, oh. after being at the Notre Dame game and listening to Les say it's a three-back kind of rotation, you know, I haven't really watched much awake, so I'm just going to go with him and go under. I have no money on this one. <laughs> yeah, I, it's going to be unanimous here because I think there's not been a lot, even with Notre Dame, we loved how the team competed and almost won that game, but – there was only one unit that you looked at the entire game and said they were great, and that's the defensive line. And I think you can say the same thing for Jacksonville State. Our defensive line is going to be the strength of our team, 
And if we have any hope of getting to a bowl at all this year, which looks unlikely right now, it's going to be because of the defensive line. I think I'll take the under here uh, and we'll finish it up right before score predictions with McKenzie Milton. 1.5 pass touchdowns. This is the first week that Mike Norville has actually named a starting quarterback at the start of the week. So we, we know Milton's going to start. We assume he'll get you know, the majority of the snaps, but will he get two touchdowns or more? Um, I'm going to say yes, reluctantly, because I do think we'll score in the 30s, low 30s potentially. The running game's a strength. So once we get to the red zone, that's where Corden comes into play. But I'm going to say Milton gets one long touchdown and just one other one, short one off a of play action or something. I'll take the over, I guess, um, Harlan, TJ, then Russ. Yeah, I'm going to go with under because I think they're going to try to ground and pound this game. We might work our way down the field with Milton, which is why I went over on the yards. But I think once we get in the red zone, they're they're not going to go fourth and one on the goal line and throw a jump pass again. to a freshman receiver. I, mean, oh I think God. they're just going to pound it. So I'm going to go with under. Yeah. Uh, I'll go over. Life's too short to bet under, so let's go. <laughs> Les, what's up, man? I uh, I fall into Harlan's uh, line of thinking as well, so I'm going to go under. He, right. he was persuasive. All right. Les, thank you so much. We'll get you out of here, but not before we get a score prediction for the game. Um, man, I my confidence level, whether I pick Wake or Florida State, is like a 2 out of 10. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't have a clue. I have a prediction in mind, but I'll, I'll let y'all go first. Uh, let, let's let the guest of honor, Les Johns, uh, go first with his score prediction th this weekend. It's a tough one, like you said. There's 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 very few outcomes in which I would be like shocked, right? I think a lot of yeah. different things can happen, but I comes out on top of this one, um, probably by a couple touchdowns. I've got Wake Forest. 42-28. All right. Uh, Harlan, let's, let's kick it to you next, man. What, what do you think? It's your wedding day. Like, like you, Florida State can't lose on your wedding day, right? Yeah. So well, I Florida can't. State's done a lot – you know, Florida State's done a lot more losing they've done winning since he's known this girl. So actually, actually, real, <laughs> actually, real quick, I, I want to ask Les. Uh, that's a fireable offense – for a podcast producer to get married on a college football Saturday, right? What what football fan gets married on a college football Saturday? It's just unfathomable. It's the only one thing, of the most the inexplicable. Only that that might be more inexplicable than the finish to the game Saturday. The only thing <laughs> I had was it couldn't be a home game, so I was that was the only say I had. So not and let let should have done it last week is when you should have done it. Yeah. Good Lord. <laughs> so so let's in in Harlan's defense before I get his score prediction. I told my wife when I proposed, we are not getting married in the fall. Pick any weekend in the spring you want. And I'm a huge golf guy. And she picked Masters Weekend, which also funny, funnily enough, if that's even a word. Uh, that Saturday was the Florida State spring game on television. So she picked the one day in the spring where there's a Florida State football game and the Masters. So, Harlan, I, I, I forgive you because, you know, if we lose this one, then you made the right decision by far. Even if you win it, we're going to be one and two. Give me your score prediction, man. So I'm really riding on Corbin this game, like I've already made obvious. Uh, I think it's a really close game through three quarters. And I think FSU pulls away in the end, please. Uh, 41-31 FSU. For, for those not watching live, Harlan definitely looked up to God as he said, please, yeah. right there. So, TJ, tell me your answer. Um, Yeah, I think Wake Forest wins this something like 35-24. to 24. I think Florida State's um, defense will be slightly better than what Wake has seen, so I don't know that I like Wake to hit 40. Um. But I think that they do get quite a few touchdowns. Um, Florida State, you know, I don't think is is super great in the red zone. And so Wake doesn't have to kick any field goals. Uh, Florida State keeps it fairly competitive, uh, but is playing catch up for most of the game and, and can't get over that hump. 35-24 Wake Forest. Yeah, so I, and TJ, you and I have discussed this, I feel like for a month or two on the podcast now, that this was the most important game on the schedule, right? Wake Forest week three. Last week just compounded that, right? Like Mike Norvell, that was a layup that he dropped the ball entirely. 
he, he, he's, it's a miscalculation that might come back to cost him his job, honestly, because that, that, that's how egregious that loss was. But I think being 0-2, we're going to learn a lot. I think by 4, 4.30, we're going to know everything we need to know about this Florida State team in the season. I think the team does rally around. I think Mike Norvell does have this team. I think Wake Forest is the better team, and they're definitely more disciplined. Six penalties in two games. Florida State had 11 last game alone. But if they don't shoot themselves in the foot, I think Florida State can keep this close for four quarters. I'm actually going to pick them to win 34-31. Again, confidence level. Two out of ten. And if I picked Wake Forest to win, it'd be the same thing. I, I see three possible outcomes. Yeah. A Wake Forest win close, a Florida State win close, or a Wake Forest blowout. I, I there's no way I see Florida State blowing out Wake Forest, but everything else is on the table for me, and I have no confidence in it at all. So Call me a homer if you want. I'm taking Florida State. You're absolutely a homer. A, a walk you're always. You're always the one to do this. I'll, I'll just say. <laughs> I'll, I'll just say if, if we lose this week, I don't know if I'm picking us to win another game outside of UMass. Well, I don't know. I think Syracuse and Louisville are both worse than than Wake, and those two will be than Jacksonville State. Worse than Wake, right? Like if we lose, we go up to Wake and lose by three. And look decent doing it. I mean, I'm not really happy they were 0-3, but I mean, I don't know. I think, you know, I'm not that. I mean, we, we've hit rock bottom, so there's not much lower to go than losing to – I mean, losing to Wake, I mean, that's almost like a badge of honor after you've lost to Jacksonville State. So, anyway, um, long as you don't lose by 20, right? Like, right, Let's wrap this up. <laughs> um, I guess a good game would be Old Dominion against Jacksonville State. Maybe that would be – like, who wouldn't win yeah. that one? So, anyway – Les Johns, yeah. thank you so much for hanging out with us tonight. Uh, where can people follow you? Where can they find your work? Um, give, give us a little plug before you get you out You can here. follow me at uh, Les underscore Johns on Twitter and in the 24-7 Sports Network at Demon Deacon Digest. So uh, thanks for having me on, Richie and TJ, and even you, uh, Mr. Married Man Harlan. Uh, congratulations <laughs> on your marriage this week. Appreciate it. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you, Les. You have a good one. When you come back to Tallahassee, man, hit us up. We'll, we'll get definitely yeah. get Guthrie's. Sounds like a plan, my friend. All right, Next buddy. year. Next year. Yeah, sure. I'm with it. Thanks, Thanks buddy. Les. Les Johns of the Demon Deacon Digest. Um, yeah, no, I agree. I mean, I, I think just about anything could happen. Uh, Florida State can definitely win this game. Again, I, I know that it's um, – I know that it's really tough to put lipstick on this pig that's this 0-2 record with a loss to an FCS opponent. But, again, they're, they're a missed field goal and um, and a, uh, a tackle away from being 2-0. and And even though they didn't look – I mean, I talked about this on Sunday. I talked about this uh, with Allie on our pod yesterday. Well, it came out this morning. You know, Florida State has – this is not new territory to Florida State. They have flirted with playing really poorly against FCS opponents for years, right? Um, yeah. Barely beat Samford in 2018. Barely beat ULM is not an FCS opponent. Barely beat ULM in 2019. In 2020, which was trailing for a large part of the game against Jacksonville, this same Jacksonville State team. And so playing down to opponents is not something that's new. This is just the first time that it came back to bite Florida State in the butt. Uh, really probably should have lost two of those other three games. And so well, – no, um, my senior year, 2009, well, Jacksonville I mean, State yeah, led us but, the entire game until the last five minutes. And, sure, yeah. And that was a Jacksonville State team that had multiple five-star recruits on them because they were basically right. last That's, chance you back in the day. It's Yeah, much different much different teams now than 2009. But, yeah, like just this recent history FSU, I mean, we do this every year. And last year it just kind of – or this year it just kind of bit us in the butt. So I expect Florida State to play better. I expect him to play up to Wake. I, I really don't expect a blowout. Would it shock me? No. But I think it'll be a close game that, you know, come down to the final couple yeah. of possessions. And, you know, Florida State's not shown me enough in those final few possessions. They haven't put a full game together, right? No. Decent first three quarters against Jacksonville State. Um, not great, but decent first three quarters. You know, how much different is it when you go into that fourth quarter and it's 17-7 to 7, if you go out there and score – the two touchdowns as opposed to Jacksonville state scoring it. Well, you end up winning that game, you know, what 31 to seven. That's eh, yeah. not great, but that you feel pretty good about that. You know, you're not mad yeah. at it. Short week. Right. You so know you're overlooking, you know, the opponent, but, but you, you they, can't overlook an opponent and lose. That's the so, problem. Anyway. Yeah. Florida state. We'll, we'll see what they do. My, my hope is not super, super high, but you know, they, they should be in this game. Um, Okay, let's talk about a couple more things to get out of here. I got 15 minutes and then we're out. But uh, Dante Lucas no longer with the program. Um, 
Florida State loses a, a good number of its uh, penalty issues there. Uh, fortunately, uh, stinks that he was never able to put it put it together. Four star recruit that came to Tallahassee, pretty hyped under Taggart, um, and just could not could not get out of his own way. Couldn't get things kind of going the right direction. So Dante Lucas no longer with the program. I don't know if you have any thoughts on that, or if you just want to kind of keep rolling on to the next one, which I'm sure you will have thoughts on. Um, speaking yeah, of weddings, not not, not going to pile on a kid, but it's probably for the best. He, it's probably he, for the best he, for both parties. It was the it's best for Florida best. State and the best for Dante Lucas. There's no need to expound upon that. That it, it's a good, it's a mutual separation. It's you know your friends. Oh, well, mutual things were, but like let's just move on. Well, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's one of those things where where you have a, a really good one of your best friends is married to someone who they have no business being married to and they get a divorce. Wait, so you're crapping like, on the kid after you said you're you were like, going Oh to. man, that stinks. <laughs> no, I'm not crapping on the kid. I'm just saying this was not a healthy relationship. It was toxic. It didn't work out and let's move on. All right. Much less toxic. And so I won't have Richie. Hopefully That's Richie won't crap on this kid that I talk about. Um, oh no, I got thoughts about this one though. Brady Scott proposed after Jacksonville state. Go ahead and crap on him too. After you got done crapping on Dante. No, first of all, I woke up and I saw Florida State fans everywhere crapping on this kid for proposing to his girlfriend at the game. And I couldn't believe it. I was like, what the hell is wrong with our fan base that, that this is going on? And I would assume, and I'm not you know, picking on anyone here, I'd assume most of these people are younger people that are still more invested in Florida State football than they are in life. Like I was when I was 16 to like 23 years old and not being able to separate emotions from a really bad loss to life which is much more bigger and important you know as someone who has proposed thank god to only one person and thankfully she said yes when you have that ring in your pocket or you know where it's at and you have coordinated to have friends or family which i did i i had her best friend in chicago and her husband who's a photographer taking pictures i had this whole thing coordinated there's no i can't think of an event other than like a tragic phone call like i lost a family member where I was like, oh, no, all right, sorry. Thank you guys for, for planning this and setting this up. I'm not going to do it. No, he had his family, his girlfriend's family, all in town. They were, it was apparently the only weekend they could all come to town together. They already planned it. He had already asked his um, girlfriend at the time, his father, for her hand in marriage. What are you going to say? You like, he was the game like, hey, guys, thank you all, all, all our family for coming out. Uh, and thank you, especially my future father-in-law, but we're going to postpone this because we lost the game. Good for Brady Scott. I'm so happy he did that. And, and he capitalized on it, kind of dunked on Barstool a bit because they wrote a story saying it's the worst proposal ever. Uh, you know, he's like, do you, all, do you guys want an invite to the wedding? And then he uh, tweeted his link to the registry. I bet he got a ton of stuff bought for him for them. Uh, guys, we love Florida State football. I, I guarantee you, TJ and I get so upset about losses. I don't. This is not something to get upset about. I don't care at all. So TJ doesn't. I still do. <laughs> but, this week I did. Most weeks I'm like, ah, yeah. But again, like Brady Scott, this was one of the best days of his life. I will never forget the day I proposed to my wife. I'm not going to hate on this kid at all for, for doing that, even after a loss. Again, when they pre-planned for family to town because nobody thought we would lose and he was not supposed to start the game. So it's not on him at all. Uh, congratulations, Brady Scott and your new fiance and bride to be that that's all I have TJ. Um, while you're ranting, go ahead and uh, continue ranting on the uh, ACC basketball schedule. We'll wrap up and get out of here. All right. Well, that's something that I actually do want to talk about because this is a huge deal and I'm not happy with the ACC. I never am. So we get Syracuse in December 4th uh, in the TLC. The next home game is Louisville January 8th. And I mentioned those two games specifically because Florida State currently has a 25-game home ACC winning streak, which is the second longest in the history of the conference. The longest is Duke at 26 games. So Florida State needs to beat Syracuse to tie it and beat Louisville to take the all-time record which probably won't be beat if we're being honest. Um, a lot of good home games. I, I knew the ACC would do something like this, like put a Louisville or a Duke in those first two games because they want to protect Duke. Conspiracy theorists, yes, but uh, it's just frustrating. They couldn't give us, you know, Georgia Tech and Miami or Miami twice or something to guarantee we'd take it over. Um, but I, I'm excited for the basketball season. We'll definitely, there's plenty of time to get into that. But the two huge games to circle December 4th 
Syracuse and TLC double C in January 8th. If Florida State wins both of those games against Cuse and Louisville, they will now be in sole possession of the longest ACC home court winning streak in the conference's history. And Florida State's only been in the conference since 92. So that would be amazing. So I know you're I know you're passionate about this and, and upset about it. I I'm not I don't think it's that big of a deal. It's like Syracuse was not a good team last year. They finished eighth in the a- ACC, so they were they very average. With, uh, Jim Beheim's kids now, though. You got Buddy and his uh, transfer buddy from the Ivy if, League. If you can't beat Syracuse at home, you don't deserve the record. Louisville, yeah. maybe Louisville's tough. Tougher. Louisville's tough, man. Louisville, no, tougher. they're going to be good this year. But if you, it, you know, you build up I the streak. Like 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 I'm going to play Miami the next one. So it'll be. Yeah, I would like to see the first two. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think the ACC put this kind of thought into the scheduling, but uh, <laughs> I, I, yeah, if you can't beat these teams at home, you don't deserve it, you know. Yeah. So, hey, you know, like I said, you, I agree that if you're going for history, Syracuse and Louisville is not the worst thing in the world. It's not like they're getting, you know, 1995 Duke and Carolina to open up the conference slate. So. They should have given us Duke the second game. That should that, have, that you, should, been, you should get the team that you're trying I to pass. Been okay as but much, I as think much Duke's as that better annoyed me, yeah, and Duke's going to be more talented than us this year and probably a better team, definitely from a talent standpoint. But I would have loved that, TJ, if it was give us a layup, the worst team projected in the ACC this year, and then Duke, and then that would have been fun. That And my goodness, ESPN, you could have played that on a Saturday night and made a storyline. You dropped the ball there. Florida State beat Louisville by 13 and 15 last year. If they don't win this game, I'm I'm not thrilled. So yeah, I'm, I'm I think this easy cake, bro. This is easy. Beating both those teams, no sweat at all. Basketball basketball rosters can flip like crazy in one year, though. Like it's not like football. Coaching staffs can't. Coaching staffs can't though. So like, yeah, that's true. Hey, we, we got Ham Gates. Yeah, yeah, we're we're good. Dennis Case doesn't coach for us, does he? Or Young? Should we see why? Um. All right, before Richie gets us in any more trouble tonight, um bunch of bunch of sporting athletic events just around Florida State. Last night volleyball won in four sets against Florida in a game they honored the late Brianna Berry. Um they actually really were up big in the first set and ended up kind of blowing it. I was like, "Oh man, that was our chance to to come back and and get an upset against the number 14 team in the country." They won the next three sets to win 4 to 1 against the number 14 ranked team uh, in the country, which is the Gators, um, Vic, our intern, did a uh, did a pretty cool, good write up on that. There were yeah. some cool videos and stuff. So check out doublefresnosaw.com for that. Uh, soccer is back this weekend. Um, they play at six at home at the Plex. Uh, football should be just about wrapping up by that time. So go check out the soccer team on their I think seven game winning streak to start this season. Um, also, they have won their last true last eight true road games. So a couple of winning streaks going on for soccer. Uh, men's golf tees off this weekend uh, for the, they hit the road for the fighting Illini invitational. So that'd be fun to see coach Jones, couple time guests of the show go up there and take part in that Florida state's cross country competes Friday morning, tomorrow morning, September 17th. They're in Tallahassee. Um, both the men and women are ranked. And then obviously football plays 3.30 on ESPN against Wake Forest in what we have talked about as the most important game of not only the season, but maybe Mike Norvell's career. So yeah. we'll see if Florida State can find a way to rebound, find a way to get a big win this weekend, not only in football, but in all of the athletic events that are going on. Um, shout out Harlan. I got a big shout out for Harlan this week. I won't do any other shout outs. I've got other people I could shout out, but – I save it for just Harlan. Harlan, if Richie shouts out anyone but you, after all these wedding and bachelor shout-outs that he's had, we'll kick him off, bro. Shout-out, Harlan. Um, good luck this weekend. Don't be checking the score of your phone. Like, just enjoy everything, and congratulations. We're happy for you. Um, and then enjoy the honeymoon. I'll try not to bug you while you're on it, but uh, congratulations, man. Happy for you, and good luck. Yeah, I'll like that shout out to Harlan. You know, it definitely, uh, you know, my wedding day is still one of the best days of my life. So I, I certainly hope it's one of the best of yours, Harlan. Uh, you got a beautiful bride. Seems like a great girl. We got to have dinner with her up in Tallahassee for Notre Dame. So very happy for you both. 
but I do have to shout out two other people because you oh, mentioned, see Trey, how Jones. Goes. See you how mentioned goes. Trey Jones and uh, the Florida State golf team. Shout out Brooks Kepka and Daniel Berger. They will be representing Team USA in the Ryder Cup, the only college with more than one golfer on the Ryder Cup team from the United States versus Europe. I'm very excited for that. Couldn't even let Harlan have his moment. Uh, it's all right. When Brooks and when Brooks and Berger yeah. listen to this, they'll be happy that you shouted them out. So we're we're gonna have a, a situation where Harlan gets married the next weekend. Brooks and Berger lead us to the USA beating Europe, and Florida State's gonna be riding a two-game win streak over Wake Forest, Louisville. This night might be the turning point in Florida State season, thanks to Double Fries No Slot. Possibly. Check us out on social media. Double Fries Pod is where it's at. A lot of places: Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. It's Double Fries No Slot. Obviously, YouTube, um, iTunes, Spotify, kind of wherever you're watching. If you could subscribe and give us a thumbs up or a rating of five stars, we would certainly appreciate it. Um, we enjoy the interaction on social media. We also enjoy when folks go and check out the different articles that we're putting out, doublefriesnoslaw.com. Uh, we do weekly and daily recaps of different things going on in the Florida State world with a lot of football, but we try and show love to all of the sports that um, – are out there in FSU land. So check it out, doublefriesnoslaw.com. Uh, obviously, doublefriesnoslaw brought to you by Guthrie's in Tallahassee. Harlan came in here, and now I won't shut up. But 1818 West Tennessee, 2550 North Monroe. I didn't shout them out at the beginning. Um, and then go check out our uh, show yesterday with Amanda Vance from Bookies and DraftKings. She was fantastic, and uh, we've gotten good reviews on that episode. So anyway, Harlan, go ahead. Yeah, first of all, I appreciate the shout-outs. I will definitely be checking my phone. I don't care. Um, and I couldn't let TJ lie on here. He definitely cares when we lose because I talked to him on Sunday and he was very upset. So don't lie to the people, TJ. This week. And that's lastly, what I said this week. Lastly, everyone go hit the De'Eric King under 227.5 yards throwing. Passing. He threw for 199 against Appalachian State. So hammer that as well. That's all I got. Love it. You've not led me astray on the prize picks yet, so I'm gonna have to ride your heater until it's out. <laughs> Harlan, uh, Harlan's like that guy at the end of um, remember around the horn when they would say like, "What did we miss?" Like Harlan came back and like corrected everything that we missed up during the show. Yeah, right. bro, I will tell you, like, I- I'll tell you I- after the Notre Dame game, I was not upset at all. Like I was like, ah, whatever, you know. Like walk back to walk back to the Airbnb, like it was no big deal. Um, kind of proud of it. I- this week was rough. This week was yeah. a rough one. I, uh, it's a story for another time, uh, when we're not live on the air. So, all right, guys, we will be back on Saturday night, hopefully to do a live reaction show. We'll see if we can keep Richie sober enough to do such a thing. Um, uh, but we oh, will see gonna, you guys. It's going to be a double reaction show, Alabama, UF and Florida state wake forest. So oh, maybe we'll, maybe we'll tune in. Yeah. We'll have to kind of see how I can coordinate that, but it'd be cool if we could like if it's close at the end on either one of those games, if we kind of tune in and like watch, like we literally like live react to the end live of the show watching. and then kind of, yeah, I'm here maybe for like, it. maybe like the last five minutes or something like that. If, if either yeah. one of them are a close game. So CBS always takes forever to actually play those games. So I'm sure theirs will finish up after ours. So yeah, yeah it'd be fun. So until Saturday night, unless like we get blown out, then I'm not, then screw it. Nah, yeah. uh, then we'll just see you on Sunday, I'm but we'll done. see you this weekend until then go Knowles. <laughs>